0: How's it going today? Oh man, pretty excited for another good episode. And I'm really excited to bring you Dr. Christina Tarantola. Christina is someone that I've enjoyed my conversations with in the past. And I think she'd be an awesome guest for the show, so I invited her on. But I want to tell you a little bit about her before we get going with her interview. Dr. Christina is the creator of the Lighten Up Transformation program that empowers women to clear the blocks of energy and confidence so that they can step into their power and shine. For the last seven years, Dr. Christina has been delivering transformative talks in the NYC and Pittsburgh area and guiding her clients to transform their lives. Dr. Christina is also a best-selling author of three paperback books. I'm excited to have her be on the show today, and without further ado introduce to you Dr. Christina Tarantoni. Hi. Christina.
1: Uh, there we go. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I doing? give you a I give you a lot of credit because I could not figure out podcasting. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably could if I tried, but <laughs>
0: I'm off to a good start so far, and, uh, yeah, you know, the technology is getting better and better to do it, so it's, uh, bec- I was intimidated by it first, I was like, I-, I don't know how to do this, how to put it all together, and then, um, then I got on this Anchor app here, and it- they make it like, like dummy proof almost, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, my, my one friend uses it, um, he's a pharmacist in Texas that does, like, the lifestyle coaching, so, that's cool. So, how many people have you had on?
0: you are the second person.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: You're big time. To, you know
1: that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Not at all. I'm just you're... small time, small time Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh man. You know what I, my
0: whole kind of goal of the show was I was telling my wife, I was like, I don't want to interview anybody who's like, you know, super out there. And they're like, oh man, they're, they've done like 8 million things. I'm like, I want to interview like my friends and my connections and people that I feel like it's just good to get them out there and you're definitely one of those people
1: oh thank you yeah I really appreciate you thinking of me and you know connecting me with the people that you have so um is this recording like you can splice it and edit it
0: yeah but you know what I could definitely do that but I'm gonna keep it very raw on this you
1: know oh so we're gonna be posting this part oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh my god okay
0: you know what's funny though i don't want a polished thing i don't want i don't want it to like sound the best i don't want it to be like you know super studio produced and stuff you know i have some things but i want it to be pretty raw and uh Mm -hmm. the first person i i had was earlier today it was hilarious i mean we were talking about doing shots on a future show and stuff like that it was I said, we're going to open up with shots next time, you know, because I want to have people back on that I like, especially, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's fun. It should be fun. You're right. Well, I'm excited to be here today.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we had a great conversation the first time we chatted and I remember you said you like to talk. So, oh, uh,
1: yes, I do. Mm -hmm. I
0: didn't forget that, you know?
1: Yeah, I see
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) It's right. I said, oh, I'm going to have this podcast who can I have on like the first week that'd be really good? And I thought of, uh, one of my connections, Julia air, who I just interviewed. And then, uh, I said, Oh, Christina, man, she, she likes to talk. She, she'd be really good. We had a great conversation. So here we are.
1: Yeah, we absolutely did. And you almost made me cry in a good way. What are you talking about? Come on. <laughs> because you were, you're the one of the most genuine people that I've ever met.
0: Oh wow, that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. It's really nice. Um, I meant it. I meant all of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think when you connect with somebody, you know, it's there's synergy. And I want the show to be about synergy and uh, with really wonderful people that maybe you never heard of and maybe you need to hear about. And more than anything, I like giving people a platform to become more successful and and uh, to tell your story. So I think it'd be good for everybody to hear a little bit. About your story, and I know that when we were uh, chatting over like email and stuff and text, mm-hmm. you're you're doing transformation now, and that's yes. really awesome. And we're going to get into that. But tell us a little bit about Pittsburgh and your life and growing up.
1: Oh my goodness, that would be probably <laughs> two books at least. Uh, wow. Though I wrote some of my story in my first book, <laughs> but um, I guess I'll give you guys the Cliff's Notes. Okay. version of of kind of you know a synopsis of what you just asked and so I you know I grew up in Long Island I had you know a, a very challenging childhood I would say you know mm-hmm. I was always criticized um, you know my dad is a strict Italian dad for all of you people out there who have an Italian or Irish <laughs> or whatever nationality it is but um, you know I feel that you know my dad is was meant to be in my life because i realized how much he shaped me into who i am today and all the lessons i had to learn through those trials and tribulations of you know needing to look good on the outside but then not really ever experiencing my own emotions so i grew up feeling very suppressed i had the belief that i couldn't be myself that i was unlovable which is, you know, we're getting pretty deep here, but
0: I like that. That's what we're
1: doing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, so I grew up having an eating disorder. I was anorexic from 14 to 19 years old. And then I had a rare eating disorder called night eating syndrome where I would get up in the middle of the night and binge on unhealthy food. And I, I couldn't figure out why I was doing it. So it was something that was persistent, frustrating, and really uh, made me feel out of control. And as I kind of broke away from my family and I went out and did my own thing, I realized how much my childhood beliefs and all of the programming and conditioning that we have, and that's for all of us, you know, we grew up with certain beliefs, certain limitations. I realized that I had been living this with all of these kind of lies and illusions that were programmed to me in, into me from my experiences from my childhood. And so what I do with, with people now is I really help them experience freedom because you're kind of, you know, if you're limiting yourself, you're stuck in your own prison. And, you know, I I see people now and, and it's not in a judgmental way, but I hear and I see people put limits on themselves because they've been conditioned and they've been programmed that, you know, they're not good enough or they're not worthy or whatever that story is that plays out in, in their head. Right. So my passion is really helping people to clear those blocks, to clear away those stories and really reach their potential in whatever it is they want to do. If they want to write a book, if they want to, you know, speak on a stage, whatever that is, I I love helping people realize their potential and help them shine. So and none of that would have been possible without the experiences from my childhood and all of the uh, turmoil, like I said, that I experienced. So I'm really grateful for it. And actually, I, my next book, I want to be about resilience and how you can, you know, the the principle of alchemy, you can take lead and turn it into gold. And so that's what I feel like a lot of people, a lot of successful successful people that I've talked to have turned whatever their trials and tribulations were into gold, into success. And I really want to empower other people to realize like, Hey, if I can do it, you can too. So that's kind of the (laughs) long winded answer of who I am and you know, why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about it. Cause I know what it's like to be, you know, stuck and frustrated.
0: I think that's a feeling that a lot of people can identify with, you know, feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, I feel like, you know, so many people I talk to in my life I'm connected to, they're, they're about, you know, helping other people become better. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm attracting these type of folks in <laughs> my life. I don't know, but it's, it's a wonderful thing. But tell me about like, you know, you've written three books, correct? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, tell me about that process. You know, I, I've known many people over the years They want to write a book and, uh, you know, it's like anything, you have good intentions, don't get to it. Tell me how you got into the idea of, of writing these books.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting way that it kind of showed up in my life. You know, the first time that I knew I wanted to write a book, I was 18, and I had no clue what it was about, going to be about. Um, but once I realized that I needed to share my story in that first book, it's called Revealing Your Inner Radiance, Healing Through the Heart, I it it wasn't even a maybe it was like, I I have to do this because I knew the level of impact that it would have on people's lives in the sense that, you know, I shared my story very openly. And, you know, that was kind of the first part of that book. And then the second part was helping people to actually apply what I learned into their life. So it wasn't even in my mind, like a a possibility that I wasn't going to write it. So you know, I really opened myself up to saying, all right, well, like, how am I going to do this? And I actually, my first book I wrote in Bali, I don't know if you know, and Kip, he's a, no. he's like, a, he's in the spiritual community and he okay. has a newsletter called the daily love. And I was subscribed to that newsletter and he was hosting a retreat in Bali. So when I opened it, I was just my heart just was like yes I have to do this so this is it yeah yeah it was really cool because we got to go it was a, a group of thirty women and I was twenty six at the time I was actually the youngest one there and you know it was a big investment we were there for a month and you know I wouldn't take it back for anything it was such a it was the probably one of the best decisions I've ever made because once I kind of saw how. I could write the book and how to break it down into the chapter titles and then writing the content and then editing and figuring that out and doing the self-publishing it became that much easier to do the second the third and and so on so you know i feel like if you really want to write a book you have to have a strong enough why and my why was i need to impact people's lives through this book and that's kind of why I do what I do in writing and speaking, whatever it is that I share. It's to really create that transformation and, and have, have that partnership with people so that they can be the best version of themselves.
0: That's awesome. I think that's great right information for anybody looking to write a book or, you know, get their the story out there. You know, when you were, you were talking about that, I was thinking about, um, I don't know if you watch Netflix, probably like a lot of people watch Netflix, but did you ever, did you see that uh, Brene Brown special on there?
1: No, Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I do know her TED talk. Mm
0: -hmm. Ooh, I, you know, she had that vulnerability TED talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so this was basically like an extended version of that, but discussing vulnerability and and courage and, uh, and shame and all those things. It was really good, but it made me think, you know, what are your thoughts on, Those concepts—the concepts of vulnerability, courage, and shame.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I feel that, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you want to connect with your audience, they need to know your why. They need to see that vulnerable side of you and that, hey, I might be a coach. I might be a, a, you know, what in whatever capacity—life coaching, healing, whatever you do—that you know you've been there before, and this is why you want to help them. So I feel that vulnerability actually connects you to your audience in such a powerful way. And I've seen that in, in every aspect, you know, when I post on Facebook or if I'm speaking to an audience and and I share something, you know, that from my past, people automatically are more tuned into you. So I feel it's a really important component for anything that you're doing as far as sharing your message and on whatever platform And as far as shame, I mean, I can definitely understand that because I, when I had that rare eating disorder, shame was my everyday energy Mm -hmm. state. And I just felt shame is actually, you know, there's a study by Dr. David Hawkins that I always talk about. He's a a researcher. He studied people's um, energy fields over the course of 20 years, and he created this scale of consciousness that shows different energy states and he could muscle test people to see where they fell on that energy scale. Shame is the lowest energy frequency on that scale. Mm. So if you have shame and that's what I, I really encourage my clients to do, you have to get it off your chest. You have to be willing to share those really tough things that you think are just disgusting or unacceptable or whatever it is so that you get that you have to elevate your energy by releasing that shame so I really encourage people to share even if it feels uncomfortable because it actually helps you heal it helps you to get to those higher levels of you know love gratitude compassion those those higher frequencies so
0: what do you think it is that is I know you're about people might say oh man this is a disgusting thing you know or this this I'm not, I'm not happy about. what do you think it is that keeps people from being vulnerable or, you know, having the courage to just be open about what they've gone through?
1: Oh, absolutely. Fear of being judged. I mean, I think that Mm -hmm. the fear of rejection is extremely strong. Even myself, you know, I I definitely struggled with that with even um, I. Well, now I've been dating my boyfriend for about almost a year, but in the early stages, I was very easily triggered by certain things that he would say. And, you know, to him, it didn't mean anything. But to me, the fear of rejection was so imminent in my being that it's it's kind of like if you have a cut and somebody puts like touches it, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, you easily get triggered by that. So if people have painful areas of their life that they're afraid to share, it can be Number one, painful to relive that experience and actually share it. But two, the fear of rejection and judgment is also a huge barrier to people sharing, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think it's, you know, it kind of goes along with, um, you know, one of my really good connections and a client of mine. She um, has done a really powerful TED talk in the past. And it's about honesty and self deception mm. and about how people tell lies of themselves to kind of, you know, make it fit their life. And we know that people like kind of small engineer their lives based off of what they want it to be versus what the reality of it may be for them. Yeah. Um, So what role do you think honesty plays in this whole equation?
1: So I think that in order to be vulnerable, you have to be honest with yourself first and really accept where you are and, and be aware of, of whatever you're ashamed of. So I, I'm just going to keep coming back to, you know, my own story because to keep it congruent, but I think that unless you are actually at the point where you're willing to say like, I have a problem. Cause I, I had a food addiction. So unless you're honest with yourself, you're going to keep burying it and burying it and burying it. And when you're, able to come out of that shell of denial or, or whatever it is and be honest with yourself. It's that much easier than to share it with other people. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense for that. I think, um, you know, I think that the fear, you know, of judgment and rejection are very powerful. And, it's, you know, if you're opening up to somebody about something that's very personal, you know, you're thinking, okay, the, the, the shoe's going to drop here. Like, they're going to think differently of me. They're going to go, oh man, you're not the person I thought you were. But mm-hmm. I always think that, you know, if you, if you're willing to be open and share that with a person and they're willing to say, Hey, listen, I still care about you. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's about who you are as a person, not about all these things that may, you may or may not have done in the past that, you know, that was you then this is you now. And I think it's hard because people judge each other so much, you know, and mm-hmm. whether they know it or not, they're yeah. always doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it, it can be uh, very difficult. Now, with your uh, company that you have, uh, Enlightened Wellness Solutions,
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: what's the what's been the hardest part about starting that?
1: Hmm. So I actually moved here. Three years ago, and I left um, my family friends a job, and I had to dissolve my business in new york and I moved here for my ex fiance and we had a business together it was um, it was a health and wellness company, and you know it things kind of just didn 't work out you know the relationship dissolved and I had to start from scratch. So enlightened wellness solutions was the start of 2018. So, you know, I've had, I've, I've had my own business for seven years, but that brand really to me was me stepping out into and shining my light as you know, the, the healer that I am, the person that, you know, the reason why I'm even here on this planet, I feel is to empower people, help them transform, and share my story so that others can heal and shift. So um, the question was, how did, what was the most challenging? Is that what the question yeah, was? Yeah. What
0: was the hardest part about it? What's, what's been the hardest part?
1: Um, because I think
0: that, you know, a yeah. lot of people it's easy to say, Oh man, I'm, I'm doing this stuff. I'm helping people. And you know, we've had this and these clients, but, I think it's important for people to understand the difficult parts of starting a business.
1: Yeah. So I think definitely personal things can get in the way. So whether it's a relationship or you're having disagreement with your spouse or you have a health, maybe you have a health challenge, you know, life happens and things come up and it's really staying committed no matter what comes your way. And that can be challenging, you know if you're going through a rough breakup or you're starting from scratch and you need to kind of like not only build a business, rebuild yourself. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You know
1: what I mean? So I feel like that for me kind of was the hardest part was I was so used to having a partner that I was doing something with and then I broke off on my own. So it was building that confidence back that, you know, Hey, I can do this by myself and I can succeed. And now, you know, that I've, kind of been through that process, I, I can look back and, and have gratitude for it. Cause I did learn a lot from that business and from him and everything. So, yeah.
0: So where do That's you see it? Say. Like, what's the, what, where do you see it going? Like, how, how do you see it flourishing or what are the next steps you're looking forward to taking with your business?
1: Honestly, I would love to speak in front of as many women as possible and do workshops. Honestly, that would be my favorite thing to do because I love being live with people, and I I love to see them lighten up right away and and shift. Because I, I I coach people, you know. Like I just had an event in March, and I I coached this woman. She had a lot of resentment, and she was holding on to it. And we were talking about that and forgiveness and all those things, and. You know, I kind of coached her through it and she felt such a, such an immense sense of relief after we talked about it. So, you know, that's kind of what I, I think of when I think of enlightened wellness is it's you're lightening up, you're releasing things that aren't working in your life, whether it's resentment, it's excess weight, it's like BS beliefs that you believe about yourself. It's really releasing what no longer serves you. So you can be free and step into your power.
0: You know, I think I saw one of the, those videos. I think you may have sent it to me. It was on YouTube or something, and uh-huh. and you had all, and there was a lot of uh, uh, women who were providing almost like testimonials about what you are doing. Yes, and it was,
1: it was mm-hmm. very glowing.
0: I was like, wow, these 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 women are really—they're getting a lot out of this. And I, you know, I was seeing you out there. I said, man, this is after I talked to you the first time. Yeah. I like, look at Christina go. Look at her, man. <laughs> this I'm is trying. awesome. I, just, I love that you're doing your thing and. I think it's important just, you know, telling, telling these stories, there's, again, it's a big part of what I'm trying to do is get the story out of of people like yourself who are doing some really worthwhile, a lot of hard work with other human beings, hard work.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And thank you for acknowledging that because it's not easy sometimes to change. And that's like, you know, it's great to see people change and transform, but there's so much that can prevent someone from actually seeking help and i know because i did it for 7 years i didn't want to get help for my eating disorder and um to change takes something like you talked about courage it takes courage to put yourself out there to admit that you have challenges and to seek help you know what i mean so yeah. it, it's there's definitely you know all these topics we talked about today the the vulnerability the shame all of that really ties into transformation work so I, i'm so glad we had this conversation we're having it of course,
0: of course we're having
1: it what's going right now so tell oh yeah me a
0: little bit um you know I, I want a part of this whole thing that we're doing is i i, I said i wanted to be raw i wanted to be honest want to be fun Is tell me about the lowest point during that time from 14 to 19 like Because I think it's good for people to know that they're not alone when they're going through really difficult times. It's messy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, um, when I was 23, because I had anorexia from 14 to 19 and then kind of the opposite from 18 to 19 to 25. So um, I would say, though, the lowest point was actually when I did break away from my family and do my own thing because they took it to mean that I was betraying them. Mm -hmm. So I actually got kicked out of my house. I was homeless for two weeks, and I I didn't have a job. So literally, I had all of my stuff in garbage bags in my little Mazda 3 that I had. And it, it was just it was very humbling and, you know, there's no way, there's no other way than up from there. And it, you know, it was really challenging because during that time, it's like, you know, you're the bottom is ripped out from under you. And then I wasn't talking to my family, you know, my, my family hated me. Like I have uh, two siblings and, and my parents and they, you know, They just made it mean this whole story that I was betraying them and, and that I didn't appreciate anything that they did for me. So that was really tough. And on top of that, I had the eating disorder and I was starting, I was graduating pharmacy school, starting a residency program. So it was chaotic at that time. Um, So that's why I say, you know, if, if I can build myself up from literally having nothing, I had my car. That's all I had. Right. Right. Like anybody can do anything. I really believe that.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I think that's, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh,
0: I think, you know, it's again, it's kind of like life is not polished. It's uh, yeah, you're right. It's pretty, it's pretty you know, we, but I think we want it to be sometimes, you know, we see uh, pictures of people online, you know, on different social media platforms and everybody's smiling and having a good time. And, you know, and all these hashtags, but there's, there's a lot of pain beneath all of that, you know, and yeah, one's life's like that, (laughs) like happy all the time. And, you know, it's, I think we, we kind of look at happiness, like it's a pill or something, you know, we'll just be happy. And like, Oh, it's, it's a little more work than that.
1: Or people, (laughs) or people will think I'll be happy when blank, you know, and it's really the opposite. So. Yeah. You got, you got to do, you
0: have to do the work. It requires work and hard work at that. And mm-hmm. It's, it, to me, it's almost, it's, it's very similar, you know, for me with, in fitness is with people and work with clients is, is I want I want to be fitter. I'm like, well, that requires work. Yeah. It requires very diligent, regular, consistent work. And it doesn't just happen. And it, it you know, it, it, people they go into gyms and things of that nature and they see somebody, let's say he was really fit in the gym and they go, Oh, man, that's very intimidating to me. But, like you know, that their finish line is not yours. You know, and you're starting somewhere different. They're at somewhere different. Right, right. That's why the comparison part is so difficult with people. We're a big comparison species. We love to compare ourselves to other people.
1: Right. And there's that quote. I think it was uh, one of the Roosevelt's or Thomas Edison. Mm -hmm. Somebody said comparison is the thief of joy. And I really... I think it steals your power too. And I I definitely talk about that with my clients. There's definitely a lot of that out there, a lot more anxiety with social media for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: So tell me a little bit about, you know, social media and and your thoughts about it and, and people's self-perception and, and society at large with the increase in technology and and also how that affects your business.
1: So I think that there's a lot of positives. I mean, I'm always, um, I I think you can tell I'm a little bit more optimistic, although I'll Uh I'll go through both points. But I do think, I mean, I've met people through Instagram that have become my clients, that have become my friends, that, you know, if I'm in Indianapolis and I know, hey, I have a follower here, I'm going to go meet up with them. And I've done that before. So I think it's really good in that sense. And the fact that you can literally create a business from home, you know, yep. I coach people through zoom, I I can create online, I just had an online workshop through zoom. And I think that that's amazing. I where I think we get caught up is obviously the comparison and not having those honest relationships. I think that it's easy for people to be afraid of rejection. And like you said, post everything, like everything's fine. You don't know what's, what's behind the the curtains or in the closet or whatever. And that's why I, I try as best I can to, you know, post things and I share my story, you know, everything that I've shared on this podcast, my followers know, and I feel like they know me, you know, right. they, they know my thoughts. I I'm very vulnerable with them. I mean, not, not every thought, but you know, <laughs> um, and I think that's important just for creating that know, like, and trust factor, if, especially, you know, if you have a business, that's, you know, that's priceless for people to really get to see who you are. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, it's interesting. I, I
0: love having these conversations with people about just the deeper things about life, you know? And, yeah. And we're talking about compar- comparison, and then, you know, you know, you jump to Instagram, and I think it's interesting. We're living in a different time where we have so much access to other people and but we don't often use that access to, other, you know, to really connect very personally with people.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, I find myself like for me, like starting a podcast was just a natural outlet of what I normally do, what mm-hmm. I did with you. Let's yeah. have a conversation on right. the phone. something I was doing like six, seven times a week. I'm still doing that plus doing the podcast now. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's, let's get people talking to each other again. And it sounds like you're creating a conversation with your clients and helping them move forward.
1: Right. And I agree with what you're saying. And one of my friends, we just had um, dinner the other day and she was saying, you know, I'm starting to call people more instead of text. And I was like, I want to do that too. So I actually, I usually text my sister. I picked up the phone and called her the other day. She was like, hey, what's up? (laughs) You know, like people don't. Yeah, it's like this anomaly. Like we don't know what to do anymore. It's like, (laughs) well, why aren't you just texting me? (laughs) Just text me, all right? (laughs) Well, and my friend was saying, you know, texting decreases intimacy because you don't get to hear someone's inflection or their voice and you don't get to hear them get excited about something or what their mood is so I think I mean she's definitely on to something and I'm I'm loving this call right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that's what it is it's like you get a sense like you I I think texting is really is just more of like it's a very kind of pithy thing that you're just really like hey what time this time Mm -hmm. Um, did you remember this you know reminder Um, not this long format thing and I think we've We've, I say this to so many people. We're, we're losing our sense of community with other people. You know, where we was sit down by the fire and pass stories along generations, you know, um, now it's like we're just texting people or some sort of messaging system. Yeah. And I was always tell people, I'm like, stop texting me. Just, just talk to me. Like, let's just have a, we've been going back and forth on this message. Let's make it a conversation. And sometimes it's like, no, no, that's okay. I'm like, all right. Uh, you know, like, why can't we have a conversation? We're going to learn infinitely more about each other in a 20, 30 minute conversation than we are typing and waiting for that typing to come back through on the other side. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. It's going to take forever, the whole thing. So it's just, people are very interesting. Everybody has a very interesting story. You have an interesting story and bringing those to light, I think is critically important, but we got to talk to each other more.
1: Right. Well, I, and you're definitely accomplishing that through the podcast. So I'm excited to be the second one on here. Yay! You're the
0: second one.
1: And you know what's funny? It's a, uh, I have like, I have like two months of, of
0: interviews lined up already. I'm like, man, this is going to be a lot of work, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's people I like talking to It's people I don't know. And, uh, but I think a, a a huge variety of topics. Yeah. And I, but I think it's also another Avenue for everybody to learn different sides of each other. Like. Like you talked to me on the phone the one time and I think through like, like if you listen to the other episodes, you're going to see me in a different light with different people.
1: Right. Right.
0: Right. Cause you hear me talking to you. It's like, Oh, Christine and I are talking, but then you hear me talking to somebody else. You'd be like, he's kind of different a little bit on that conversation. You know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that about him. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, it just depends. And that's, that's the goal is, you know, you guys need a voice. You know, I think it's really important. There's so many, I listen to lots of podcasts and people are always, you know, I look through like who they're interviewing and it's always somebody who's like doing something like you've heard of, like, oh yeah, of course, this person, that person. I want people to look through my show notes and people be like, I don't know who that is, but I I would love to get to know who that is. It sounds like an interesting person.
1: Oh yeah. I, I love the concept. I think it's great and it's different. It's definitely unique. It's
0: different. I was telling my wife I was like, I want to interview all people that like I know and that maybe just aren't, you know, big on a on whatever scene they're in. They're just do they're working hard in their area. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not getting a ton of publicity and press, but you know, I think it's we got to we got to tell those stories. I think it's it's too easy to tell the story of somebody who's like this, you know, mega millionaire, billionaire person and they're all over this this, you know, the news. I'm like it's harder to get down you know to the real grittiness of people who are just doing daily things on a regular basis people like myself and everybody I chat with I'm like I Mm -hmm. want those people to have their stories told a little bit more
1: yeah well I deeply appreciate it and it's always a pleasure talking to you and I wish you much success I know you'll have so many amazing guests on this this podcast
0: I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, uh, talk to you a little bit about the fun person, the outside of work, Christina,
1: and what you like to do there. I, I <laughs> you're going to laugh. I actually, my boyfriend and I love to go out to eat <laughs> <laughs> I'm I because everybody's like, Oh, you know, I was a health and wellness coach and you know. But I do kind of the 80-20 rule. So we do like to go out and try different restaurants in, in Pittsburgh. And, you know, we're, we are foodies. Um, yes. But, you know, I just love anything being active. You know, I like being outside. But I also really love movies, too. I do watch oh, Netflix. Man. So um, my boyfriend's like, you know, you just love to watch movies. I'm like, well, yes, yeah, I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't drink. <laughs> So I have to do something and movies is, it's just, it helps me escape a little bit sometimes, you know?
0: So. What's the movies, what's the movies on Netflix? People want to know because everybody wants to know what everybody else is watching on Netflix to put on their list. What are you watching?
1: Yes. So I just watched, um, friends from college, which is I'm really upset because there was only two seasons and they canceled the show, but it was a really good, uh, series. I liked it a lot. Um, There was that, and I always watch the, you know, the old school like Wedding Crashers. Oh man, I just watched that last night again. (laughs) So good. I can watch that a thousand times and still love it. You ever watch
0: those movies where you're like, no matter what I'm doing, I will stop and watch that movie?
1: Yes. Yep. And I don't care how many times I watch
0: it. Tell me another. So Wedding Crashers is one. Tell me another movie like you just watch anytime it comes on
1: bridesmaids
0: oh i was watching that too the other day
1: oh man yeah it's just you know it's it's i like light-hearted comedies so anything like that i would watch
0: it was funny remember when like you know she was like drunk on the plane and stuff
1: that's my and, favorite uh, scene oh
0: my and she's just trying to go to first class the whole time and <laughs> she's like that's not me that's not me i'm not you know that is you it's like okay stove but yeah,
1: it's Steve, it's Steve okay.
0: <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, she like puts her leg up with the air marshal, and she's
1: yeah. Hard. Well, the funny thing is, is they're actually married in real life. No, really? Yes,
0: yes, they wow. are. They learn something new every day, man. Crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. those are
0: great movies, though. Oh man, Wedding Crashers! Like my wife and I literally were watching that last night. She she's on a kick where she watches like the same movie over and over again, like. For months, like at night yeah. time before bed, yeah. and she's on Wedding Crashers, and I'm like, "Oh God, I love this movie so much, man!" <laughs> it's like, "You lock it up, no, you lock it up." <laughs>
1: There's so many good quotes from that movie. I mean, it's like yeah,
0: crazy when he goes to see Chaz and stuff. You're like, "Crashing funerals?" <laughs> it's like
1: he's like, "I almost numchucked you." <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was like, "Grief is nature's greatest aphrodisiac." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that's so Diane. funny. What what else are you watching on there?
1: Um I'm trying to think. Um I used to watch a lot of shameless. I don't watch that anymore, but that was always a good show. Yeah. Um Oh, Grace and Frankie. I know I, I sound like I'm 80 years old, but No, I've
0: watched that. It's
1: good. I like Jane Fonda. So I, I watched that for a while too. But
0: that's awesome. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm a big documentary person. On, uh, uh-huh. I watch a lot of documentaries. Actually, one of the last ones I watched was called Heal on there. Oh, okay. It was really good because it was, it was basically, you know, about healing yourself with uh, kind of your more natural, more somewhat, you know, Eastern medicine-esque type healing, but also not trashing completely Western medicine. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting... Uh, dichotomy uh, with that but uh, you know I like a lot of social commentary uh, things of that nature but uh, anything that makes me laugh too was uh, a pretty which why I think you'll like that Brene Brown because it's hilarious actually it's pretty funny
1: okay I'm
0: like is she a comedian like what is this you know (laughs) it's just real raw and honest and things of that nature so and and, and a lot of times I think in, in the honesty with people you get kind of these funny, quirky stories about people and their relationships with other people, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to watch that now that you're talking about it.
0: Oh, man. It goes by so quick. You're like, man, this is so good. It's emotional. It's funny. You know, maybe you cry a little bit. <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it's, uh, it's just amazing. And then, I, you know, also I have Hulu, and I'm all over Hulu also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because I have to watch uh, Handmaid's Tale. I'm all about that show. It's
1: I've never great. heard of it.
0: Okay. Oh, man. Oh, it, to me, it may be the best TV show ever invented. Maybe. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's basically, see, this is going to be on the podcast. This is what it's about right here. Just, just chatting. And uh, it's basically about this society gets taken over by this like, extreme fundamentalist religious group. Whereas it's almost like they take women back to being like, like Quaker society. Okay. And, and so the handmaids. So in America, in this kind of dystopic future, women have a almost impossible time conceiving children.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they basically create this society that takes over where these women are handmaids and they get raped once a month by these commanders to try to have children to increase the human population
1: oh my god okay you want to
0: talk about like super like low points like you feel the pain of the main character offered like you feel how low she is you're like man i feel like i'm right there like i feel like i'm suffering like she is in the way wow. they portray it. there's two seasons it's won a bunch of awards it's like it's so gripping you gotta be in the right mood to watch it
1: though it'll tear you apart you know Mm -hmm. like if you're depressed down and depressed don't watch it yeah
0: probably not (laughs) Honestly,
1: i don't know i just like
0: i i saw it like last year and i burned through the two seasons in three days i mean i went straight up like incognito i disappeared for like (laughs) like, this is it this is it for me handmaid's tale this is what i do right now you know
1: (laughs) i'll have to check that out too you're giving me all these tips on what to watch i'm the guy i got
0: I'm a big movie person like you. I love, love movies. I have, my dad took me to the movie theater like every week growing up, and whenever Mm -hmm. I go to see him, we still go to the movies. It's like a big bonding moment for us throughout the years. So. uh,
1: That's really nice.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing for us. I think it's, uh, you know, we would go like for 45 minutes before the movie would start, which Mm -hmm. my wife hates because I try to do it now. She's like, come on, why do we have to be there so early? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I was like, like, I don't know, we can talk and stuff, you know, chat and, you know, just like, I don't want to, like, I don't even want to see the previews, you know, <laughs> like. Oh,
1: man. Oh. But I
0: like, you know, we used to sit there and talk about life and stuff. It was really valuable, I thought, you know, so um, just have a great memory of going to the movies. So so you're going to the movies, like, in theaters, too, or is it just Netflix, really?
1: Um, I usually go, yeah, just Netflix, but oh, there was there's a couple that I wanted to see that I can't think of the, um One was called book smart or something. It looks funny. Yeah. It's about these, these young girls that are like, they, they were just nerds all in high school and now they <laughs> want to party. and Like, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just gravitate towards that. Like I said, lighthearted, like comedies and things, but yeah,
0: that's fantastic. No, it's great. And so you said, You're kind of a foodie, so Pittsburgh is kind of a city that has really had this big growth in uh, the food scene. I mean, uh, I uh, have—I might have said this last time. I have some family in Pittsburgh, but uh, when I was there, before I knew you, because if I knew you when I went, we would be meeting for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I've heard the food scene is pretty amazing these days there.
1: Yeah, they've definitely expanded a lot in the last five years, like a lot of new... Like, uh, I think I read it in Pittsburgh Magazine that a lot of chefs from, you know, like Brooklyn or, you know, all over are coming here. So, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like this, this food hub now, which is pretty Amazing. cool. It's like
0: Pittsburgh, it's like the steel city, you know, it's like all of a sudden becoming, you know, I've noticed a lot, like even when I lived in Vegas, it was becoming more elevated. Uh, and I notice even a lot of places I go now, there's more, there's more emphasis on better food or a higher quality food or, you know, more unique offer that. Uh, I don't know. I always appreciate it. I think it's always interesting to me when cities start kind of doing that.
1: Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, but I got the gist of what you said.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know,
1: food, that's what I said, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no,
0: you know, free. I said, it was just about food. I like food. No, I, I, uh, I just think it's interesting when cities, you know, get like a lot to people. That's why I like to ask about stuff that's not just about, you know, what their profession is, because there's more to you than that. Right. And uh, can you hear well, me? I just think like it's. Yeah, I can hear you. I can, I can uh, hear Okay, you. I might yeah. have to hold it up like a phone call. Okay. It's okay. You know what? This is just how it is. This is how it's gonna be. You know. <laughs> people are living, like, hey, they're probably I'll probably be giving a lot of crap about it. like the audio wasn't the best. I'm like, Yeah, well, I'm not the best. You know, I'm working with what I got and this is what we're gonna do, you know.
1: Yeah. And it's all good. It was it's, it's great. Be. Yeah, it's just conversation,
0: you know, so uh but we're more than what our professions as we are and obviously there's a lot of personal passion in that but i think it's great that you're into food and you know on movies you know riffing on about like it's so funny you're <laughs> watching
1: yeah i love that movie <laughs> you know
0: what i watch i i, I kind of go between all you know stuff and, and sci-fi. I'm big into sci-fi but like also like if shawshank redemption comes on it's on like 30 times a day i think but uh I'm always watching that too.
1: I like, yeah, that's a great movie also. Yeah.
0: Just the, the power of that movie and how it moves you and kind of this survival and, you know, just grittiness and surviving is, I, I don't know. Just, I love a good comeback story. I'm all about that.
1: Oh yeah. And even how it changes human beings, you know, like you could see how everybody was kind of just resigned and they were like, oh, we're not getting out of here, you know? And, all the different phases that he went through, you know, in just you know finally accepting it, accepting his fate, even though he was innocent. It's just crazy, but I think people do that in general. You know, that's it's it's a good metaphor for life. Is sometimes
0: people think this is it for me. This is my life. I'm yeah. not going to do anything else. And I always it always hit me like that. I'm like you can give up pretty easily. You know, I was. It's hard to do the hard work to keep believing and have hope.
1: Yeah, that is true. There is always an easier path to just quit. But not for me and you or any of our clients. I'm sure that you say the same thing to them.
0: Well, yeah, I, I definitely do. And I think, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of the same clients for many, many years. And, you know, I kind of try to kind of dissect like, why are these people with me this long? You know, I have a guy today I'm working with, you know, 12 years going, several people in the eight, nine, 10 year range. And, and uh, it's just amazing, you know, that they keep, keep coming back, keep getting up, keep wanting to do, you know, the service. And I think with anything with people, that stick-to-itiveness is really important with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you do great and work, it sounds like. Yeah,
0: Thank you. Yeah. And I, I know you're doing that, too. And these these stories are important for people to hear. You never know. Somebody may be listening to this once it goes out. And, you know, all it has to do is hit one person really right. And right. They'll, right. I'll go, you know what? That did something for me. I listened to that because I know what happens to me. I'm I'm a, I'm not sure if you're a big you know, listener of podcasts, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and I'll be hearing something. I go, oh, man, I didn't think about that. I'm going to have to really incorporate that, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. New perspective. Absolutely.
0: It's critical. I think those are huge. But uh, Christina, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and speaking about your business and yourself and, and being really like real and honest. I think we need more of that. So I'm very thankful yeah. that we got to speak.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more of these podcasts. Cause I know that your network is full of people with, uh, <laughs> with that same zest for life and they're going to be, you know, sharing a lot of great content. So I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's something you'll want to listen to regularly and there's going to be I plan on releasing things pretty regularly. And, you know, like I said, I have a lot of people lined up and they just amazing stories have come back. I'm really into that. And,
1: yeah.
0: uh, like, I'm interviewing a guy tomorrow who, like, the guy had brain cancer and he survived. Wow. It. I mean, he survived it. And just the story about his survival, it's unbelievable. And, and uh, I just think people need to hear stuff like that, give some hope, say, hey, man, this guy survived that. I look what I could do. I'm not even nowhere near as that, that down and out. You know, when somebody tells you that you feel like your life is over, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, his life was just beginning after. So I'm excited. Like after yours comes out, then his comes out. So another reason to listen after yours too, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm already subscribed to you. So I will be a, a faithful listener. <laughs> and it was funny. Like, it'll
0: be funny. Like, because you subscribe, like it'll like pop up, like a notification on your yeah. phone. Like, oh, Christina, like you'll be popped up. <laughs> thing, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna it's be on. It's wild.
0: <laughs> it's pretty wild, but thank yeah. you so much uh, again. Grateful that um, you let me speak with you and you know have this interview, and uh, I look forward to chatting with you again, Christina.
1: Absolutely, thank you so much. All right, bye, All everybody. Right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Another time.